You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maze, did your Michael Rubin white party 4th of July invite get lost in the mail? I actually had to turn it down. I had a prior engagement. Mm. I was at a wedding in Pittsburgh this weekend, so I was a little too busy for Michael Rubin's party. How about you, Amin? I didn't have anything white to wear. Yeah, it's prerequisite to go. I mean, it's kind of funny. People might think, oh, we bring on guests, truth tellers, you know, it's all happenstance. Did they possibly bring on Jerome Weitzman to be on the show right before... The 4th of July party at Michael Rubin's house where everybody in the NBA and outside the league was there. I don't know. That's the funniest thing about it, Tom, is as I'm looking at these clips and these pictures from the party and Michael Rubin is in every one of these pictures with somebody, I thought about how many people didn't know who this dude was until our pod last week. And now you see this party like, oh, that's what they were talking about. This guy knows everybody and he's cool with everybody. Everybody. I mean, who who wasn't there? Like, if Michael Jackson rose from the dead and appeared at this party, I'd believe it. I'd believe it. There's a picture of Michael Rubin with, like, eight different NBA players. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if that would be legal before he stepped down. Right. But do you think this is the first time he's ever had a party? <laughs> no. But some of these photos are tweeted out and published by influencers, right? I don't think he's so open with all of the photography and the documentation mm-hmm. if he's still with Sixers ownership. Mm-hmm. He's freed himself from the regulations of NBA ownership. And now look at this. It's everywhere. Welcome to the New World Order. My assignment. Uncover why the association inspires more conspiracy theories in volume and salience than any other U.S. sport. You've heard of the Illuminati. The truth is out there, but so are lies. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. The NBA has always been controlled by about eight people. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. If you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain. The NBA Illuminati. If coincidences are just coincidences, why do they feel so contrived? The Illuminati. But you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the f*** is going to take you. It is unspoken. They have influence among other players. The NBA Illuminati. I don't have time for your convenient ignorance. Maybe I'm a conspiracist now as well. That's but- all it took. Oh, we got books, we got schools. You saw a video on YouTube. <laughs> Why am I, sir? You've never used them before. We are the basketball Illuminati. <laughs> Welcome to Basketball Illuminati. I am Tom Haverstrow, and as always, I'm joined by my Illuminarmy five-star generals, Amin El Hassan and producer Anthony Mays. 
Wow, do we have a show for you today. The whole entire NBA seems to be up in arms. Just totally a seismic shift with KD making a trade request. But before we get into all that stuff, I want to give a shout out to some of our Illuminarmy fans out there. They're not fans, Tom. They're soldiers. Pardon me. Soldiers out there who are out in the field. Shouts to Claire, our pal Claire, who tweeted out a photo while she was at the Hollywood Farmer's Market. Mm -hmm. Farmer's Market. (laughs) She went to the stand for the B. Sean Farm, and my guy was wearing a basketball Illuminati hoodie sweatshirt you can find on worldofsui.com if you want your own. Shout out to at Claire MPLS, Claire DeLune. But also, shout out to us and to Angel Resto who did the design. I said this in a Slack, I think. Shout out to us? Did you just say that? Yeah, man. Yeah, shout out to us. <laughs> Someone's got to say it. We collaborated with Angel in the design of the artwork for Basketball Illuminati. He deserves a lot of credit because he's an incredible artistic mind. But obviously, we gave him prompts and things of the iconography we wanted. And for my money, and I know it sounds biased, but we have by far the best artwork of any of the Levitard Show properties. Any of them. And I will say the merch, I'm wearing it right now. The Basketball Illuminati logo in the gray. It's super comfortable. That's always like a gamble. You buy a shirt and you don't realize until you get it. The fit, the texture, it's great. Also, shout out to Drizzle84. That's D-R-I-Z-L-E-84. Can't believe it's already been 20 episodes of Basketball Illuminati. Great stuff, guys. Well done. Also, shout out to Rip Robin 2. Finally arrived. It's the hat and the Basketball Illuminati t-shirt. Thank you for sending it in. Nice. Well done. I'm looking at Maze right now. Maze, tell us about your knit right there. Yeah, this is my alternate third eye. Nice little charcoal heather beanie with the colorful Illuminati logo, the orange basketball pupil, and the blue triangle. Put it right over my real third eye. Just let everybody know that it's there. So worldofsui.com. Go there. Click on the merch store and you can find all our gear. And we'll see you out in the wild. We're going to be going to Vegas soon for Summer League. We want to see the soldier apparel out there for Illuminarmy. Show us your stripes, folks. Yeah. Wear it with pride. Come out there with your fatigues. Your basketball Illuminati fatigues. Speaking of fatigue, I mean... I'm pretty worn out from the start of free agency and everything that transpired starting last week. So let's get to it on the agenda. Supersize it. You are listening to the The Super Agenda. Supersizes are back. They said to make it huge. I don't care. Just supersize me. With Tom Haverstroh and Amin El Hassan. Wow, we changed it's a super agenda now. A super agenda. Woo-hoo-hoo. What does that mean, Maze? Means that it's taken over the entire episode <laughs> of Basketball Illuminati, folks. Too much news. They say the NBA is going small, but from what I can tell, it's going big. And we need to follow suit. We're going big agenda today. Big, super-sized agenda. You know what, man? We try to be the little engine that could, evergreen content, deep dives. But sometimes the week is so strong that even us, even here with our third eyes open, we are slaves to the agenda of the mainstream because, man, I don't even know where to start here. Look, KD blew up everything with a trade demand. 
he announced through his manager, which is not totally different from when Rich Paul announced that Anthony Davis is demanding a trade out of New Orleans. In this case, things are a little bit different, I guess. But KD is on contract for four more years. He's 34 years old. He's playing at an MVP level. He's one of the best players of all time. And he's announced that he wants out of Brooklyn. And so the entire NBA goes into upheaval to try to figure out what's going on. And really, the biggest thing that happened or the most viral thing that happened is not necessarily what was going on in Brooklyn. It was what was going on in Utah. I'm going to tell you something happened yesterday. The league executives are wondering what the heck it means. It was a trade yesterday between the Utah Jazz and the Brooklyn Nets. It's a very strange trade. Very strange trade. You'd really have to be a Jazz or a Nets fan to even know what I'm talking about right now. Okay. They yeah, traded Royce O'Neal. And so you're going, well, what do you care about Royce O'Neal? Why does that matter? Why would the Jazz do that? Why would the Jazz, who have two stars on their roster, mm-hmm. take a player who's one of their starters and best defensive players and trade him in a salary dumping move? Why would they do that? To open what? up space to try to land Kevin? No. Why did Quinn Snyder walk away from that job? Why? What's going on in Utah? What's going on? And that's what people in the league are watching right now. Okay. What's going on in Utah? Okay. It's a very strange trade. So I love Brian. We go back to 2010, the Heat Index. Shout out to the Heat Index. He's one of my guys. I've always known that he's a great reporter, guy who just tells it like it is. And so when he was on TV doing this bit on first take, and then he had a coronation on Twitter, on social media, I was so happy because it's about time people acknowledge how good he is on TV and how good he is at this job. Right. And then as I'm watching it, I realize Brian did something very interesting with this. Right, I mean? Yeah. He basically broke the news without breaking the news. He didn't actually say that Rudy Gobert was being traded or about to be traded. Or that Utah was about to consummate a haul of four first-round picks or any of that stuff. He gave no specifics, but he said what Utah is doing is interesting. He kept repeating it and kept dancing around it. And I likened it. You know what it's like? You know in the movies where there's an invisible man and invisible man's around and like people don't know what to do? And then someone takes like a bucket of water and they just throw it. And it hits the invisible man. Mm. You still can't see them, but because of the water droplets, you can see kind of the outline of who they are. That's what Brian did. He threw a bucket of water on the outline of what this huge deal, the biggest news of the offseason thus far, or biggest transaction, I should say. He douses it with a bucket of water so we can see that something is there, Mm. but without any details. Strange. Now, the question I asked was, Why would Brian Winhurst, journalist, newsbreaker, have pretty definitive feelings about a news story that's about to break and yet still be reticent about sharing that with the rest of us? Now, some might say, well, I mean, it didn't happen yet. Maybe it wasn't going to happen. When has that ever stopped newsbreakers before? Mm. We have a Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook possible swap happening between the Lakers and the Nets. Hasn't been consummated. may not be consummated at all. Latest story is, hey, they're prepared to go to camp before taking a bad deal. That got out. Plenty of things get out. Toronto might be interested in Kevin Durant and could put together the package around Siakam and so and so and so and so. 
that got out. Hmm. It may not happen. So why was this deal, which actually did happen, happened very quickly, six hours later? Why would he be so skittish and walk around the perimeter without ever breaching? What would compel someone who breaks news for a living to not do his living? And don't tell me, oh, Brian doesn't really do that anymore. He's more of a deep dive guy. He is a deep dive guy, but I'll remind you, go back five and a half months, we had a James Harden deal that we were told wasn't even being discussed. And Brian pretty unequivocally said on the air multiple times on multiple programs, Mm. this thing is happening, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so the teams are absolutely engaged in trade discussions. I know that there's people saying things on the record, trying to act like that's not happening, but it is absolutely happening. Um, There is definite motivation from both sides to make this uh, fall into place. The Sixers were out there yesterday having trade negotiations with other teams looking to clear roster spots, looking to move other players on their roster, including Tobias Harris, in what looks like ancillary moves to support a James Harden arrival. The the issue is, can they settle the issues by 3 o'clock tomorrow? Because from what I am told, Brooklyn's ask is still Ben Simmons and two or three other pieces, draft picks and players on the Sixers roster. The Sixers don't want to do that. But we are in right now, as far as I can tell, Greeny, we're in the deal zone between Harden and Simmons. I suspect they're going to get it done. I'm not going to tell you for sure they're going to get it done, but it's trending in that direction. We're in the deal zone. Deal zone. Entering the deal zone. They created a term for crying out loud. I just keep imagining Kenny Loggins making a crazy riff. Deal zone. Why do we not have that for this, though? Brian, very, very credentialed, established reporter, TV producers, he could go into a meeting and say, hey, look at what happened over here. Let's do this up. Let's do this up big because I have a theory that the Utah Jazz are going to break this thing up, blow it up. Not a theory. I have news. I have news. What TV producer at ESPN has ever said, no, no, don't break that on my show? The research that he went into, it it was very choreographed. It was brilliant TV. It was brilliant TV by Brian. But it was funny when I saw people on Twitter right when I tweeted that out and everybody else tweeted out that segment, they were saying, I mean, well, this guy just spent two minutes saying nothing. Why would he do that? Brian Winhurst, ESPN senior writer. Mm -hmm. Why would Brian Winhurst not talk about the deal zone anymore. Here's a way to think about it. All of us, all of us that work in this business, we hear things, uncorroborated things, sometimes just mere opinion of people that work in this business. We take it, we internalize it. We never mention it on air. Brian's no different. Brian has right now a million things that he's gotten from conversations with people in the league that he doesn't bring to the light. He's actually complained about it in the past to me when we used to do a podcast together. He complained that when he'd bring it up on the podcast, they would cause all types of problems because it would get aggregated. Mm, but why is that a problem? I, mean, I don't understand why breaking news... No, I'm not talking about breaking news. I'm talking about the unsubstantiated, uncorroborated stuff. Okay. Aggregators! Mount up. This clearly wasn't that. He took it to first freaking take. He felt sure enough to bring this to the light on one of the most popular programs at ESPN and yet stop short of saying 
the obvious. Mm. Rudy Gobert is going to trade it for four first-round picks. What would compel a newsbreaker at an organization that values newsbreaking to not break news, but to tell us that he had news that he couldn't break? Now, why would he do that? Why couldn't he say that we were in the deal zone? Why couldn't he say what this deal, this Royce O'Neal deal is signifying? Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, are they gone? Because that might be more effective, right? To actually break news. What's happening up in Bristol? What's happening at ESPN? Very strange. Very strange segment. Very strange comments. I'm going to tell you this, man. That's why we started Basketball Illuminati. That's why we exist. We exist because every day in the NBA and in the reporting you consume about the NBA, there are things that are unsaid because people are afraid to say them out loud. Afraid of whom? People are afraid to tell you the truth. And I'm not talking about Rudy Gobert right now. I'm talking about the truth of why things are the way they are, of how things work. We devoted ourselves to creating a podcast that wasn't going to repeat the same rhetoric and rigmarole and pretend like these very obvious things that are happening aren't happening. I ask you to put on your special glasses that open up a third eye in the middle of your forehead. And when you put those glasses on and when you put those headphones on, you're listening to this, you'll see exactly what we're telling you. Things are not as they seem. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You have to always keep a third eye open here. Whenever you're reading the news, you have to keep your third eye open and not take things at face value. There's a lot of disinformation out there. What agenda is at play to basically sweep it under the rug? Because as far as I know, Brian wasn't out on a limb. There were a couple of people who might be like, I wonder what the Minnesota Timberwolves might be doing. But Brian was the first one to go out here and just be like, Utah Jazz are blowing this up. And that should be... All over ESPN. I went to ESPN.com's page and I couldn't find Winhurst report. Uh-huh. And I was like, why isn't Winhurst all over this or ESPN giving real estate to Winhurst? I encourage more and more newsbreakers at the traditional outlets to follow our lead. Do it any way you can. Leave those breadcrumbs out there. We'll pick up on it. We'll translate. We'll say what you can't say. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but... <laughs> 
also on social media, some people are running with the idea that a Brooklyn Nets private plane landed in Phoenix. Did you guys see this? I did not see that. <laughs> this is news to me. Yesterday afternoon, 4th of July, someone tweets out, look what just landed in Phoenix. And then the little thinking emoji suggesting that there's something more going on here. And it's a photo of what appears to be a Brooklyn Nets plane, jet blue Brooklyn Nets tail. Like the tail is black with the logo of the Brooklyn Nets on it. And then a bunch of people started saying, oh, looks like the Nets are in Phoenix consummating a trade. And what people don't know is that's not the private jet. Literally JetBlue has an entire fleet of commercial flights with the Nets logo. I just saw the picture. I thought I was going to see a G5, a Gulfstream. And instead I saw a 737. You think Joe inside flies on a 737? Oh, so good. With three seats on each side? That's what you poor bastards think? Jesus Christ, you guys are dustier than I thought. Gotta keep your third eye open. They're not gonna be that transparent out here. Third eye open? That's more of a two eye open thing, you dumb f***. A lot of coded language out there. A lot of misinformation being spewed. I mean, I kind of feel like Genie Buss's tweet, we gotta talk about that. Because it's all intertwined. Because with KD in Brooklyn demanding a trade... It was preceded by Kyrie Irving opting into his deal. Right. And it seems like, okay, Kyrie opts in. KD's happy. He's going to play with Kyrie again. Everything's cool. But no, 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 no. That's not what happens here. We decide in the camp of KD and Kyrie Irving that we want out. This is how it's going to be. We want out. And immediately... People were connecting Kyrie Irving to the Los Angeles Lakers. A reunion with King James. Yes. But Jeannie Buss, just randomly tweeting out. I miss Kobe. I miss, no, not Kobe, KB. Okay. Not even spelling out his name, just doing the KB. I miss KB. He would understand and explain everything that I'm not allowed to. Honestly, he was the greatest Laker ever. He understood team over self, meaning your rewards would come if you value team goals over your own, then everything would fall into place. All can reply, she wrote. I really appreciate Jeannie giving us the opportunity to reply. Thanks for those menchies. That was really considerate of her. But I mean, why would she say that? It's very strange. It's a very strange tweet. <laughs> very strange tweet. <laughs> very strange. On 4th of July, you're out here just totally non sequitur. I miss Kobe. He valued team over self. What could that be about? Hmm. What could that be about? Could it be someone who tweeted out a Brother Mizone? gif a few days ago oh interesting you're going that way you're going that way tom at third eye kai is she responding over his medium his communication device over on twitter trying to send a signal that she's not going to be run like this that's interesting tom i saw it as a thought about someone who's already a member of the organization someone that's already in house mm. who maybe doesn't understand mm. that team goes above self is there anybody like that? Taylor Horton Tucker. Taylor Horton Tucker, always thinking about himself. Yep. And his trade value. It is fascinating because, again, when you look at the game through a third eye, you think to yourself, nothing is by accident. Nothing is happenstance. Nothing is coincidental. She didn't send that tweet because she was really thinking about Kobe Bryant at that moment and said, oh, this would be a fun thing to share. She's sending messages. She's putting out vibes. So 
I submit to you, we got to have a list of suspects. Who are the ones <laughs> acting selfishly? Is it, as Anthony Mays believes, the incumbent superstar, LeBron James? Oh, he didn't say it. Put me on blast. I mean, thanks. Appreciate that. Well, I put me on blast. He walked around the perimeter. Why would I mean say that? Very strange. It's very strange indeed. Very strange thing for me to say just now. A lot of executives around the league are saying that was a very strange thing what Amin did. Is she talking about Russell Westbrook? Someone Mm. who really struggled last year fitting in, finding his place in this whole thing and framing it when Dave McMenamin asked him about John Morant and playing the point guard position. He scoffed wistfully and said point guard. Remember when I used to play that? Mm-hmm. Is it Tom's candidate of a player who's not even on the Lakers yet? Our patron saint, Kyrie Irving. Third eye, Kai. It could be Kyrie in the sense that he wants to get an extension. He wants to lock up long term, maybe as conditions of a deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sign off whether he has to officially sign off or not, but that he's making demands even before he's becoming a Los Angeles Laker. But I think Mays might be onto something that this is all about King James. This is all about the guy who's on an expiring deal who has already said that he wants to play with his son in the NBA and gave an exclusive interview at All-Star break with the athletic Cleveland Cavaliers beat writer, Jason Lloyd, talking about his future in the NBA and and how he'd like to go. Oh, by the way, here's my favorite part about that story. Jason Lloyd doesn't even cover the Cavs anymore. He's just based in Cleveland covering the Ohio sports scene. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> he got an exclusive with LeBron to talk about the Cavs. Yeah. That 2027 pick and that 2029 pick, they could get a deal done right now by attaching those picks to a deal with Russell Westbrook and trade him around the league. A bunch of teams would eat that 40 plus million dollar season of Russell Westbrook, buy him out, and then get two future draft picks out of it. But why won't the Lakers do that? Why are we going to trade assets? Do they think LeBron's already gone? Maybe that's it. Maybe it's, hey, we'll do this if we get a commitment out of you Mm. to stay. And LeBron says, I'm not committing to anything because I want to keep my options open. My options open. Some might say that's selfish. Or what if he says, if I commit to something right now, then I lock in. If I wait and see where the cap goes up, my number can be much higher. Hmm. That's interesting, guys. All can reply, including this podcast. <laughs> exactly. She had to know that this was going to happen, right? Is it just a thirst to be the center of attention one more time, which is a very Laker reaction to things? Speaking of replies, David Allen Greer, repeat offender. Yeah, dag. Says, I miss KB too. I remember when he publicly demanded to be traded because the Lakers <laughs> sucked. <laughs> to a 15-year-old with a flip phone. Put himself in front of the team on that one, you might say. I remember when he demanded every last dollar in salary while he was sitting with a torn Achilles, then wondering why they couldn't put together a team around him. Yeah. The biggest contract ever, I believe it was at the time, was when he didn't even play. I'm most fascinated by the part of the tweet that says that Kobe would explain everything that she's not allowed to explain. Yeah. Not allowed. What is she not allowed to explain? You're the owner of the Lakers. You're one of the most powerful people in sports. You wouldn't be allowed to explain it about another player. 
Kyrie Irving. Oh, little tampering. Oh, wow. This goes back. Now the pendulum swings back. LeBron, the spotlight's off you. We're back outside the team. Tom just took back control of this narrative. She's not in the Hamptons. She didn't remove herself as an owner. She wasn't in Michael Rubin's white party? Uh, I don't think so, but I'll have to check uh, Instagram again. If she was, maybe she didn't take any pictures because apparently Michael Rubin's (laughs) been having these parties all along. Also, PJ Tucker, he was in every third picture at the white party. He's feeling good about leaving Miami for whatever reason. Shout out to PJ. PJ. Getting that back. How old is he now? 37? Got a three-year deal? 37 with a three-year deal. Fantastic. So that's why I think it's Kyrie is that maybe they're in cahoots. Kyrie and LeBron James are establishing a front to get this deal done. And she's saying, wait, can I get a commitment from you, LeBron? I don't like how you keep on talking about the grass is always greener on the other side. You're like that dude on home improvement, always looking over the edge of the fence and talking and chit-chatting, but we don't actually see your true intentions. Your face. Why can't you just sign up long-term and put all those things to rest? But if I'm LeBron, I'm like, man, I can demand a trade, even if I sign that extension. But you mean you properly point out about the financial aspects of locking in long-term. Now, the other piece of this, Amin Maze, that I find fascinating is the whole clutch aspect. Very clutch thing. Ben Simmons is on the nets right now and might be scuttling potential deals just by being on the roster. How is that possible? How is Ben Simmons actively blocking trades from happening, really good potential deals happening without even playing? He's a great defender. (laughs) Great rim defender. Great, great defender. On and off the court. He's playing such good defense, just slapping him in a way, blocking it. Can't let these points be scored because Ben Simmons is on a designated rookie extension contract. And you might be saying to yourself, hmm, why should we care? Well, there's a short list of players in the NBA that cannot be traded to the Brooklyn Nets because Ben Simmons is already on one of those contracts and you cannot acquire two of those via trade. So the list is Bam Adebayo, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, De'Aaron Fox, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Oh, Denver's got two of them. Again, you can't acquire them via trade, but you can sign them if you draft them. Boston's Jason Tatum, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Trey Young, and soon to be Zion Williamson, John Morant, and Darius Garland. So if you're KD, Maze, you'd be like, I want to go play for the Warriors. But it gets complicated with the Wiggins contract being the big contract to build around that deal. The big chip. But I mentioned Zion Williamson. So Zion Williamson can't be traded in that deal. But Mm -hmm. what about Brandon Ingram? Because that's an all-star, a young all-star who's under contract for three more years. But through a loophole in the CBA... He is not a designated rookie extension because they waited to sign the contract Mm -hmm. after he became a free agent. He wasn't an extension. That's right. Very literally, he was not an extension. He was just a regular free agent, restricted free agent signing. Everyone's talking about Miami and Phoenix, but this team, New Orleans, and I think Toronto also is a big one that people should be watching. They don't have Pascal Siakam on a designated rookie extension. Because he got four years and not five years. Mm. It's some of the sneakiest backdoors we've seen. And I don't know if either of these front offices did it on purpose. 
but it's the thing that makes them golden. I submit to you this. I want to ask you guys this question. Do you think the next evolution of shrewd deal making is to not sign your best player to an extension? To the five year? Just do the four year? No, not do the four year. To tell them you're getting it. I just want to wait till next year, to the end of the year, to sign you outright. Because at that point, we reserve those spots, those slots. Wait, I mean, are you saying that Robert Sarver is actually a genius for letting DeAndre Ayton hit free agency so that it's not an extension? Yes, but the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away because (laughs) Robert Sarver allegedly walked up to DeAndre Ayton before the season and told him, I don't think you're a max player and I don't think you ever will be. That's just motivation. Totally. Well, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's motivating him to leave. Yeah. (laughs) Are you in or are you out? And I'm pretty sure DeAndre Ayton after that meeting was like, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Oh, it's no big deal. I'm just the starting center, your number one overall pick. And we just went to the NBA finals, but you just gave me the ammo to check out. You gave me the key. I'm out of here. Now, that's the thing is New Orleans, they sign Zion Williamson to an extension. People are like, oh, how do you do that? Well, because he's Zion and he was unbelievable when he was playing. Yep. And as we know, number one picks, first round rookie scale contracts. If they have the opportunity, they're going to sign to get that extra security and that extra money. So Zion Williamson, not too much surprise that he got that. But Brandon Ingram, they trade Anthony Davis and they get back Brandon Ingram and a bunch of picks huh, what can I do with those draft picks? I've got already all my draft picks, and then I've got uh-huh. a few pick swaps from Milwaukee Bucks, yep. and i got a few pick swaps from the Lakers. Yep. Those are really valuable for New Orleans, a small market team, to go and draft talent. Or, or. is it I'm going to use all of these assets to go get, not Anthony Davis, but another impact player, maybe one that has already won an MVP? And a couple finals MVPs. Go get me Kevin Durant down in the bayou. And Brandon Ingram was a guy who was compared to Durant frequently coming up. So what better thing to do than to get the actual bona fide, genuine article himself. The real Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. Now, part of a deal like that, it would take a pretty charismatic approach from either New Orleans or Toronto, them being the other dark horse suitor you can see. Those two guys, Masai Ujiri and David Griffin, have been known to talk their way through some shit now. So it would not surprise me to see Kevin Durant, if he were to be traded, be sent to a place of a less beaten path, so to speak. Well, Kawhi Leonard had a list, but he got traded to Toronto and then won a championship there. Yes. And if you ask Raptors fans, was that worth it? Yes, absolutely. Even though he walked at the end of the year. Even if Durant comes, plays, and then says, trade me soon thereafter, there's a chance that either one of those teams can say confidently, man, this guy's good enough to take us all the way to the promised land. If you're Toronto... You're Masai Ujiri, you're Nick Nurse. You're saying, been there, done that. It can't be any riskier than going for the guy who's expiring, who's told you bluntly wants to play at home. They can't get any riskier than that, and they did it. This is a walk in the park for them. If you're David Griffin down in New Orleans, this is an opportunity to make up a lot of ground over what was a rocky start to his tenure, you know, with the revolving door of coaches and the underachievement and obviously the injuries to Zion Williamson. How come Minnesota gave up that much for Rudy Gobert? 
how do you possibly give up that much draft ammo to get Rudy Gobert? And I counter, I'm like, did you see the Drew Holiday deal? The haul that New Orleans got for Drew Holiday, who, by the way, wasn't coming off an all-star season. He hadn't been an all-star for like six years before he got the Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and five first-round picks. You might be like, Drew Holiday's younger. No, he's the same age as Rudy Gobert when that deal went down, 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And so when David Griffin got that deal for Drew Holiday, that set the market for everyone else. If Drew Holiday out here is a really good NBA player, but he's not all NBA, he was all defense, but not for quite some time, that was the going rate. So people out here saying, how could you do that with Rudy Gobert? Man, that price was set up with Drew Holiday. So now, what do you do with those assets if you're the Pelicans? Gotta cash them in. You get yourself a KD and you go and you say, all right, sons, you wanted KD and we just lost to you in the playoffs. How about this? We're gonna steal KD from out under you. Oh. You guys are thinking checkers. We're thinking chess here. You stole Chris Paul from us last offseason. Remember, he was supposed to sign with the Pelicans until the Suns heard how much the Pelicans were offering and said, okay. I guess we really do have to pay. (laughs) And the rest is history. So this is a nice little get back, if you will, if they can pull it off. Yeah, the grass might be Willie Greener on the other side. We got to do something about all these reporters who are tagging the agent who gave them the news. Not just the agent. You got to get the title right. CEO and co-founder. <laughs> what? Why do I care about this? CEO and co-founder of this specific agency. It's gotten to the point that scratching the back of the agent is taking up more real estate in the tweet than the actual news. Like Zion Williamson is being signed to a max extension. And then it's like this three sentence glory buttering up this agent. I'm like, man, got to do something about this. Like, I mean, do you have any ideas like what we could do (laughs) to curb this? The flip side of that same coin, you're talking about sucking up to the agents. On the other side, I tweeted this. I said, I love when the breaking news guy takes a diversion into all-out gushing praise for the executive who consummated the deal. Of course, it's just out of pure admiration and not because of any sort of quid pro quo style relationship. And it's the same kind of thing. You know what, Tom? I want all of the enlistees in the Illumin Army. Anytime you see something like that happen, whether it's naming the agent and the agency or gushing about one of the execs who consummated the deal, I'd like to see hashtag propaganda watch because that's what we are heavy propaganda season right now. Everyone's angling for the best version of themselves to be out there. Hashtag propaganda watch. Let me know whenever you see one of those. Maybe we should start incorporating that into our own description. Maybe I should just start talking about how amazing the production is by talented producer Anthony Mays. He's really got a vision (laughs) for this podcast. And that's why he included that drop. I mean, really brings it today on the podcast. Just tremendous work by... The former assistant director of player personnel. Oh, I was going to say the co-founder of Metal Arc Media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the charter members of Metal Arc Media. 
<laughs> I like that it'd be a notes app. This is longer than the actual tweet itself. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.